About two months ago, on a cold, rainy Thursday morning, I drove up I-95 from Boston to Portland, Maine. I was attending a regional brewers conference, but before that event, I stopped by Peter Bissell's house for an interview. In between running his popular Bissell Brothers Brewery and his hit High Roller Lobster Restaurant, Pete and I sat down for about two hours at his kitchen table to talk about inspiration, success, failure, and what drives his passion for beer, photography, and our shared love of hockey. It was an engaging and freewheeling conversation, and one that I hope that you hear soon. But with everything that's going on, I thought it might be the right time to check back in with Pete and see how he and his brewery are faring right now. Turns out, pretty well. While he and his partners had to shutter the lobster restaurant for now, which is a damn shame as it's a shining star among Portland's already excellent food scene, Bissell Brothers continues to crank through beer. Pete admits to being a bit blindsided by the pandemic news, as someone who doesn't closely follow the news every single day. When the government forced his restaurant to close and limited public access to his brewery's popular taproom, the company immediately pivoted to facilitating a contactless home delivery model that covers most of New England's largest state. While his restaurant, High Roller, remains shuttered for now, Bissell Brothers remains active. Working at about 80% capacity, the brewery is cranking out old favorites, including new batches of Swish, and Pete hasn't laid off a single worker. Here is his pandemic story. So, how are things going? Um, I mean, they're going. You know, uh, it's weird. Uh, the the crazy, like, sweating stress is past. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'll tell you, like, I'm just not a guy that pays attention to the news. You know, I'm not bragging about that, but it's just, there's plenty of things for me to take care of and things with the businesses and with family life every day that I just don't watch the news really. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this kind of, I was pretty oblivious to this until like right up until like right up until action was, was deemed necessary. And I was just like, what the f- you tell me we got to close, you know, it did it. It, it was like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and again, like that's not, um, not bragging. That's not really either here nor there, but it did, uh, I'm trying to think when Dissel Brothers and High Roller like began contingency planning, something like March 15th, I think was uh, like the last time that we were open. Mm -hmm. So it was like right up until then, I was just like, began to hear inklings of it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and then it was like, what are you telling me we're going to close? Like, what Mm -hmm. the, you know, so it was very stressful for the first few weeks um, as we, uh, you know, because both businesses are obviously social businesses, but they ended up being affected very differently. And um, uh, my wife does HR for High Roller. So uh, the biggest thing was, you know, trying to get them all on unemployment and, um, you know, really not just cut them loose and say good good luck and Godspeed. Right. And uh, that took that took um, we did stay open for a while. We may open back up again for to go. It, it was doing well, but we were doing that with just the owners and managers kind of working in kind. Right. Um, and we just needed to, to stop after a while um, so that we could get everybody, especially the other owners. Cause like I, Bissell brothers, we'll get to that in a minute, but Bissell brothers is still like cranking along. We're up in March. No um, so like I still have income and the other owners, we, we, we just needed to get on, on unemployment or that they did so we worked through all that i mean as it's the same with a lot of restaurants you know 
a lot of our employees, we pay well. We definitely pay well um, for the area. You know, line cooks are looking at 18 an hour, which is pretty unheard of in Portland. But that being said, with the hours, some, some people work, a lot of people are making more now on unemployment than they were working, Yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm fine with. Um, uh, but they're in a holding pattern. We got the PPP funding, which is really a whack bill um, for the hospitality industry. It doesn't really help. I'm sure that there's businesses that help, but it yeah. doesn't really help restaurants. Um, but I shouldn't say it doesn't, you know, 25% can be used for non-payroll. So we're able to pay rent and utilities. That's where I feel like the bum deal is. It's like our state ordered these businesses to close and then that's it. Yeah. It's like, I right, just talk it out with your landlords. It's like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not being draconian, but like that is like that, that, uh, you did the easiest thing that you could and then you didn't take care of anything else. Right. So it's like, we have incredible government reach now but without sort of like crossing their t's and dotting their eyes it's like what so luckily we have a very good landlord at high roller and um he's willing to work anything out but it's like this is such a raw deal for for restaurants and bars it really is so with respect to the brewery how many employees did you have say of march 14th or before this really hit and then where, where are you guys at today we've uh, no one's appointment has been affected at high at uh, Bissell brothers oh wow okay yeah, yeah, no no one's pay has changed um or there's been no effect to employment or production has wavered. Uh I called for an immediate 50% reduction in those early days cuz no one knew anything right. and it was very scary. Uh but then as we saw like oh actually people are going to drink more than they've ever drank. Maine is probably drunker than it's ever been right now since like pre-prohibition. So in the ensuing weeks I I think it only took we 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 produced lower for like a week or so and then brought it back up. We're at like 80% of capacity right now. Um, and uh, everything is in cans, except we'll package a few select kegs here and there for like retail stores and whatnot. And um, uh, it's working well. I mean, it's not, I'm glad we acted quick. I, I deliver, I started delivering with a few staff that I was just like, look, do you want to do this with me? Like, I don't have all the answers. I don't have any of the answers to your questions. I'm going to get in this goddamn truck and deliver some beer because it's legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was that first Monday. I think it was March 16th. And it was surreal. I was delivering switch and substance to like people's homes. And it was so surreal. I was back in the original van. It felt like 2014. And, um, my team jumped on it after that. We we built what we called the war room out in the tap room, and uh, and they just hammered out everything that they they began to just totally pivot and build this new model of coming down to the brewery, drive through, and deliveries every day. Pretty much at this point, it's not every day in all areas. Portland is every day, and like the greater metro area, we deliver to every day. Everything else, it's once a week, but it's we're covering Madawaska to Kittery and then, uh, you know, Rangeley to Lubeck. We, uh, there's definitely some blacked out areas. <clears throat> we, we are not delivering totally statewide, but we're covering all corners of the state, mm-hmm. and it's insane. Um, so that is keeping all the taproom staff busy and employed, and people are being incredibly generous and tipping. And um, for anticipated, like, big releases – 
we're doing an online thing uh, with like Swish and it sells out in like a few minutes. Like you're trying to get like Beyonce tickets, which we didn't expect or plan for. And there's been some backlash, but it's like, well, I don't know what you want us to fucking do. Yeah. Um, we're not going to have a car, you know, um, we're not going to have this huge, we've seen a lot of people from out of state. Um, obviously like that's not what the, the states want, but if you're coming up in your car, I mean, is that really doing any harm? Right. I don't think so. Um, but you know, people are doing this and the option, the, the alternative would be to have like this insane traffic situation at Thompson's point, which we're just not going to do. So, um, I think for this release it's midweek. So hopefully that'll lower the numbers a little bit, but we're going to lower the limits. It was, it had been two cases. We're going to drop it down to a case this week and it's still probably going to be a, like a 10 minute online window. Um, cause we, we first open up for curbside pre-orders where you come to the brewery to get it. And then we open up for delivery like the next day. And it's, it's been, I think, uh, the last Swiss release, it was, you know, 330 cases. And I think Swish was available for all of eight minutes. Um, which well, that's not what we're trying to do, but people yeah. want this beer and we're trying to give it to them. And we've, it's people are always going to complain. So, um, obviously like we're just going by comments. Most, everyone, everyone obviously they got it didn't have anything bad to say they they were happy so i wish it wasn't such a lottery but yeah these 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 problems are not really fixable on our end there are sales portal there there are it problems that are beyond us so um we're just going to continue with that method it's the safest thing that we can do and uh yeah and when people show up at the brewery how are you guys handling that um, it is, you can still show up and just buy beer. You don't need to pre-order everything. Um, cars roll up. One of our attendants will, you know, converse with the occupant of the vehicle from the sidewalk, um, answer any questions they have about the beers. There's a menu out front with everything that we have available and, um, they'll fulfill their order and set it on a table. Um, then the, uh, the card reader set on the table too. And then, the the, um, the, the customers invited to get out of their vehicle and complete the sale. And it's, um, we, on busy days, you know, we staff up. So as many as four cars can get serviced at once. And there's an orderly queue with stanchions out in the, what well, once was our parking lot and it's working out well. And then obviously beyond that, if you, if you want to skip that, if you know what you want, all our beers available online and you can, um, every day it starts at 11 because that's when our staff arrive and turn on the, the day's sales and, and kind of open things up. So you can reserve anything ahead of time, pay for it ahead of time, and then just pick it up. So you can do that, or you can just show up and say, hey, Nate or James or Marley, who are, who's ever out front, like, what do we got today? And then load up. And are you sending beer out for off-premise as well? Or are you sending it out to local package stores, liquor stores, grocery stores, things like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yep. Big time. Um, out of market as well, although that is significantly lowered as we are just working to keep beer as close as possible. And it's funny because, you know, we pride ourselves on our data, and our, you know, uh, watching trends emerge over time. And that kind of all goes out the window when society is totally um, in upheaval. So it's like, okay, we have seven weeks of data now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, yeah, uh, all our, all our specialty craft beer stores are ripping through product. Um, we're in Whole Foods now and that's, that's moving tons of beer. We're in talks at Hannaford. Um, 
to put some beer there, but uh, there, there's no shortage of outlets, put it that way. Yeah. And you were saying at the beginning that you, that Bissell was actually up in March. Yeah. I mean, not by much, but I, th- I think 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be for a variety of things. And how has April looked so far? Um, I think we'll be down um, just because I, um, I crunched the numbers. I crunched the numbers for the newspaper last week, but I said in that, and they mentioned the article, it's like, it can be hard to, it's really hard for a brewery to pull comparable stats mid month because for us, it's like that. If it's mid month, maybe I didn't catch one Swiss release that we mm-hmm. had this year, you know? So I'll, I'll bet it'll be pretty similar, but we're not at capacity. Um, just because I don't know, we don't, we're, we're, we're good. You know, the numbers are good. We're everyone's getting paid. Like we're not in the middle of any wild projects. So it's like, all right, we're still in firmly in the green big time mm-hmm. and we don't need to like push everything to the max. Um, everyone's happy and they, they feel comfortable coming to work. So we're, we're trying not to get too crazy um, during this time. But um, I'd say I'd say it'll be pretty similar. You know, we've got a big switch release this week, and then or I guess that's the end of April. Um, but if I guess, we'd probably be a little bit down. Um, although I don't know, Milo's cranking too. We're definitely people are thirsty. It's a very very wet time. The numbers say. <laughs> and if you looked at uh, is Bissell changing what has been brewing lately, or how often it's been brewing? Are you are you trying to like lean in a little bit more for what you you know maybe. <sighs> beers that are, would otherwise be more rare or is, you know, how has that we changed? Are, we are playing more of the hits. Um, so this would have been Mike's wish of last week. Normally um, we are. And, and that's not anything that we try to like limit. People love the beer. We're not trying to deprive them of it. It usually comes down to hop contracts. Mm-hmm. So the last few releases would have been really way bigger than normal. You know, like we had about 330 cases last wish release. You know, if this was last year, that would have been like 500. And then this week we would have done like a six or 700 case release. Um, we're stretching it out and just taking the hops that we might have used for something else and just throwing it in a Swiss. So we still have a handful of more. Swiss will go into June this year. Um, and it normally ends in April. And then nothing gold that's sort of counterpart during the summer months is coming back like next week, I want to say. Um, and then reciprocal, another like top beer of ours we're brewing more of that's back. That's, that's pretty much been available, not constantly through this, but it's been available a lot. Um, and that's due in part to the fact that we are trying to, this has been going on for such a short amount of time that we've been anticipating sort of a drop in sales throughout. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure it's coming. I'm, there's no way that we're not going to have some type of recession because of this. Um, but mainly we're leaning into our painted cans because they're already been paid for and we have a big warehouse full of them. So nothing gold reciprocal and any painted can is also going to be like a very popular core can of ours anyway. So baby genius was brought back early. That's our summer beer that's already been and released and and consumed. That's gone. Uh, we keep, but we're not, I mean, like we have our pink boot society beer coming out next week, which is like a dark Czech lager, you know, mm-hmm. um, we have a barley wine, our first bottle out of HQ, a blended barley wine, um, coming out this week after numerous QC tests and changes to the blend and changes to the barrels in the blend and things like that. So, um, we're still, you know, we, and then we've got four sour beers coming out of Milo three of which have main fruit in them 
Um, really excited about that. We have those, those will be out in the next, all four of them will drop within the next three weeks. Noah and I are still trying to figure out the sequence or how many that we want to drop at the same time. So uh, we're playing the hits for sure and increasing them a little bit, but um, we're still, you know, trying to, you know, we, um, we've always been about full spectrum and down these rabbit holes that we, that we uh, sort of, get a hankering for so we we've got a wide variety of our offerings and um i'm drinking one of our other half um charity beers right now and god it tastes good mm-hmm. so um it's it's a good time to to you know our our packaging game you know it's um our deal levels have never been been lower um uh short you know that we're, we're just very efficient right now and you can taste it so um, I've, I'm just trying to stay out of their way right now. It's uh, it's been incredible to watch the team pivot to this, and uh, um, they, they I really it's you know qualities of teams and employees and um, organization and processes. They the quality of those things show really in bad times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to to look over things in good times and uh, people's and processes qualities really show in times like this. And I'm really, really proud of the team. I really am. Are you guys having any problems sourcing any sort of raw materials or other ingredients or cans or anything along those lines or, and also are you brewing as, you know, as often as you were, or is that ramped down a little bit? Uh, one of our production managers just had a baby just days ago. So um, all the other brewers will be kept busy. Um, uh, again, like we're not at full bore. We're not at hundred percent of what we could be brewing. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a full work week, you know, if you go there, apart from the fact that production is wearing masks now, uh, it's, it looks like a normal work mm-hmm. week out back. Um, yeah, there's no, there, there's no, and, and, uh, with regard to raw materials, not nothing that I've heard of. Um, you know, we, we've only upped our uses, usage of main grain across the board, excuse me. And, uh, you know, those deliveries are still being fulfilled. And, uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything on the raw materials front. You had mentioned getting the PPP funds for for the restaurant. Uh, did you apply for any of those for the brewery as well? Uh, yes, we did. And did that, that one come through there as well? Uh, yes, it did. Okay. And how, what was your experience with that, with the PPP application process and, and just your thoughts on the program generally? Um, it's, I mean, it's not, I mean, you saw these huge corporations gave it back. Right. And this got funded, but this also didn't lay anyone off. Yep. Um, so it paradoxically from my vantage point, and there's, I mean, it's benefiting so many different businesses that you probably get a lot of different answers, but you know, my restaurant that is crippled and you know, it's, um, it's on-premise only is going to suffer and it doesn't really do anything for us because we can't especially when unemployment is now going to, and this is the same story at so many restaurants, like, okay, they're making more on unemployment. Why would we call them back to work? Right. Even though there's not even work for them to do because we can't, you know, we need to be open at full capacity to hire them back. Yeah. Um, with the brewery, no one's been laid off. We got the money and okay, that's great. It's, you know, it's kind of like a grant. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's uh, far from one size fits all. Um, we the process was relatively straightforward. We have good, you know, I've got a great accounting uh, team. We have our, uh, a great uh, controller at Bissell Brothers. 
Um, I jumped right on it the day that it went live and got our applications in for both companies within like 72 hours. So I think that was part of it that our accountant was like, jump, you got to do this like today because the money's going to run out. And our bank too, um, Bangor Savings is, you know, I'll, 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 these aren't processed by like someone in some imaginary building in Washington. Right. They're processed by your local bank. And we use the same bank, Bangor Savings is, you know, I, I would say that they've become a benchmark for small business in Maine. Um, they're the only bank I would ever refer anyone to by, by, so our banker crushed it and got these through. And I know that that's probably also not, I see, I've seen a lot of shady shit about big banks right. and, uh, um, you know, we, we work with a, a main bank that funded my brother and I when we were nobody with nothing to our names. You know, the business plan was good enough. You know, we've had a good relationship with Bangor Savings for years and years. And, uh, you know, so, so I think that was a part of it, too. How relatively easy it was, was that we have a great bank. We have good financial people working for these organizations. Um, so I, not everyone, unfortunately, uh, has has that. You know, if you're a mom and pop kind of keeping handwritten books and using cash a lot and stuff like that. I, I don't know if it would have been the same experience. Yeah. And how has the local government response been, uh, whether on the state or in the, just the city level? Um, you know, these are unprecedented times. No one's ever been through anything like this. Um, I can't say everyone's looking out for their own interests, right? You know, everyone's got a different story, um, a different angle, um, it's not just, oh, small business has been affected mm-hmm. by in this way, X, you know, it's not, obviously it's not like that. Um, they're doing what they feel they need to do to protect the citizens of the state. Um, that being said, uh, having all these non-essential businesses close and have restaurants obviously like allowed, I'm using air quotes to operate as shells of what they once were like just a week before telling us to close, but then not mandating anything with regard to rent relief. Utility relief is a pretty raw deal. It does feel like we've been hung out to dry a little bit. Like our governor, literally, I think you just talk it out with your landlords and it's like, how can you, you know, it's, it's, I feel like they did what was, what was easiest and quickest uh, from an optics um, standpoint, but it's just not. And again, like like I said, luckily we have a very good landlord, and we got funded. So for now, anyway, we'll continue to pay. Um, but it's just like I I know that the situation with Bissell Brothers and High Roller. You know, you're talking about two businesses that, when this hit, are at like the apex of their popularity. Yeah. And I just know that our bank account you know, was in good shape and that we have these, we have a really great management team and people that know what to do. And, you know, is, is that everyone's responsibility? Sure. To some extent, but I just know that people are really going to get boned by this. It's just the situation because obviously the governor or anyone else that has been involved with these decisions aren't trying to like stifle small business, right? but it's like, you have, and I just don't know, like, um, I don't know at what point any modicum of sort of personal responsibility is going to come into this. Um, I just don't know. Um, but I don't feel like we, I don't, 
I don't feel like, um, and you know what? I'm not mad because I can't imagine what this is like, but, um, at the same time, like, so I'm not, I, I guess I'm not like, Oh, you should have done this or that. I don't like to play that game. Um, I can't imagine being a States person in this situation, but, um, I don't feel what happened here. It has been enough, you know, to leave all small businesses at the mercy of debtors and collectors and, um, utility corporations, which are, you know, these notoriously unscrupulous entities, um, is not enough. And a lot of businesses, especially in the hospitality industry will not come back from this is, is my guess. If this, if this continues, so it's a, it's, it's a very, very shitty situation yeah. for, for our country. When you look at, at the Portland market, either with breweries or beer bars or just the restaurant community, how do you think this is going to impact, especially if this goes another month, two months, or however long? Uh, people in this town, in the industry, are super resilient, and they're super um, inventive, and, and, uh, uh, and there's an incredibly strong community. Um, um, obviously in times like this, again, people tend to jump right to what can I do? What can I do? Us, no different. You know, we're, we're, um, in, in the middle of, um, selling the hockey jerseys that we're going to go to retail, um, in the good times, you know, we had all these queued up and then we put it on the back burner, but we're raising money for food insecurity. Maine is a super food insecure state, um, at, in good times, you know, and, um, so our, our focus has kind of been on, um, you know, some people are focusing on um, benefiting healthcare workers, which is incredible. There's been a lot of uh, uh, programs set up by individual restaurants and then groups. Uh, we're, we're our thing right now, beyond the other half collaboration is uh, focusing on uh, food, you know, the people that are going to, that were already vulnerable and already on the, on the fucking margins before this happened which is very numerous in this state. Uh, the people that are only going to get boned further by this and set back further and put, put in more danger without respect to the virus, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, that's, you know, this is just a small weekend pre-sale, but I mean, we're, we're looking at um, coming up on 10 K for full plates, full potential with who we work with to combat food insecurity numerous times before. So after we complete this, which the pre-sale goes tonight till eight, after we complete this, it'll be kind of, okay, what else can we do? You know, because um, in the first few weeks, uh, I'll be honest, I was thinking about how to keep the businesses from going under and how to keep, how to take, how to get the employees set up and our teams. It quickly became apparent that, um, okay, no one's going to go under. The people are still drinking. Uh, we, we paid our staff at high roller as long as we could before cutting it off, looking at the bank account and being like, okay, it's going to take this amount of money yeah. to place all the orders to reopen. So we got to, we got to stop this. Right. Uh, we stayed open to try and pay their health insurance premium because insurance, another fucking hold is steel industry that is not going to give anything in times like this. So we couldn't take their health insurance away and sleep. So, that's 10k a month that we were like, okay, we, we need to make 10k a month. Yeah. Uh, then we got the funding and found out that health insurance falls under payroll. So um, we're just taking it one day at a time. I'm not sure that the fact that there aren't unemployment will change that. But um, as of now, everyone is still insured. And, you know, um, that's been the angle you know, it's been, let's get the employees set up. Let's get everyone in a holding position that's comfortable. Let's not leave anyone behind. Um, that was the tone of the restaurant because we knew that we, 
we're going to have to close. And, you know, um, it's, it's uh, restaurants are on-premise only. There's no manufacturing aspect like the brewery. So um, the brewery, uh, bizarrely, is we're just big enough where, you know, we've got pretty good packaging power, but just small enough where we can pivot on a dime and just yep. start throwing everyone in vans and delivering to all corners of the state. So um, weirdly, the brewery is kind of in a pretty good position. Feels weird saying that, but um, uh, everyone's done well to adjust. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that we haven't had to lay anyone off. But How- again, like everyone else, it's like, I have no idea what's coming. Right. How has the public response been? Um, people are super happy. Um, they they have been tipping high. Um, they're they're super grateful to be able to get deliveries at home. Um, you know, it's all contactless. You know, honestly, I think there's a five dollar surcharge. Um, but you know, to get all our beer, it's it is. If you take away how shitty this has been for everybody at, at large, um, there are. Well, you know, I've been driving the van many times and just smiled like jesus christ like this sucks and it's terrifying but man i hope i am able to talk about this time one day this is so crazy you know driving and delivering beer um which was 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 legal all this time but no one thought about it um so and people are you know they feel the novelty too they do a few clicks on their phone and then beer shows up a few hours later it's pretty cool um, and they've been really generous with tipping. Um, there's, um, there's this whole, I'm sure you've experienced this too, this whole sort of like porch barter communities coming out of this. And, mm. uh, you know, our family's gotten all kinds of goodies and, uh, you know, it's like, what do you have access to? So for us, it's bread and beer because yeah. my wife bakes all the time. So there's been a lot of porch trades going on, yeah. and, you know, drop-offs and, uh, uh, that, that human spirit comes through. And uh, it's pretty incredible. But, um, uh, you know, you've got that one. You've got those sort of feel good things in, in one hand and then like this big um, nagging uncertainty in the other as to how this is going to play out. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I I wish more had been done in terms of what our state is actually mandated, but I can't really fault them for it. And I know that they're making decisions based on public health first and foremost. Yeah. And um, I just know people are going to get boned by it because not all landlords are like ours and no utility companies or insurance companies <laughs> are, um, are going to, from, from what I've heard, going to give any, um, going to give any leeway. So it's um, people are going to get boned yeah. and uh, people are going to go out of business. You were talking about the direct delivery. Are there parts of the operation that you've seen, you know, since you basically pivoted that you think that if things go back to some form of normal several months from now that you would consider, you know, including back into the into the Bissell program, you know, things like direct delivery? Absolutely. Uh, we've been asked that a few times before. Um, it's nice to know it's tough to plan the future right now. Um, you know, as you can probably imagine, it's tough to think about anything beyond, okay, what are the tasks that I need to do today? Um, it's tough or it's tough to speculate what something like that might look like. I'm all for it. We're all all for it. Um, it's more complicated than that because what about the volume that you know, it's, it's, we're able to deliver six days a week because our tap room isn't open and all those employees are now delivering or working or staying at uh, HQ to do curbside. You know, we don't have the flexibility to do that 
um, if let's say, what is it now? Well, sometime in early summer, things are open again. Um, we won't have the manpower to do it. Uh, do we want to continue it? Yes. Um, but I, I feel like we'll, we need to get back to normal or some semblance of it, like you said, mm-hmm. before we would formulate it. It's, it's nice to know that we have a system for it now. We have a, we have a, I will say we have a pretty airtight delivery system with the logistics, route planning, order taking. Um, it's nice to know that we can fire that up if we get back to, again, air quotes, normal. And then after some time of returning to normal, we deem, okay, this would benefit us because mm-hmm. it's great, you know, getting it right to the consumer like that. Um, up north, I like the idea of it a lot more. Um, and it'd be easier to, to implement, but I don't know. Th- there's a lot to, to discuss, sure. but it's been really cool. And it's also, I mean, it's also, I think, nationwide, just because liquor laws differ so much state to state, it's it's shown how many of these liquor laws are totally arbitrary right. and um, not grounded in anything. So, um, I, and I mean, you can say that about our whole government and society. <laughs> yep. You know, you, you in, in times like this, everything is peeled back and people see things for what they are. And it's it's pretty insane. <laughs> in with everything going on, how have you been managing your own mental health and, and even the mental health of your employees? Um, checking in with people individually, more definitely more so. Um, I am, I mean, I, I'm at home now, but I'm, I live 10 minutes away from the brewery and the restaurant and I'm trying to stay home as much as possible because that's what we're supposed to do. But, um, I, I don't know, I'll sporadically order food for people down there, um, check in, swing through. I've got my photo studio set up in the, I'm, I'm still at the brewery. Like mm-hmm. I go in, I, I haven't not been there. Um, I'll go down and shoot photos. I've tried to lean, I've, I've tried to stay creative. Um, I'm leaning uh, way more into sort of design and photos for both businesses and really trying to, um, you know, keep, keep myself sharp in that regard. At home with two young kids, uh, trying to focus on family time. And, um, you know, uh, my father and I had this great conversation. It's like, you know, when this, when this passes, like any difficult thing in life, when it passes, we're all going to look at, look at each other some months later and be like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. We're going to only, we're all, we're going to, we're going to only remember the positive aspects right. of it. So in day to day, I try to think about the positive aspects. Like, yeah, there's, there's uncertainty and there's terror, but I am spending so much time with the family. Um, got rollerblades. I'm really missing my, my chosen sport of hockey, yeah. but I'm um, trying, trying to not lose it all. I've got a little, um, I've got a little, uh, I call it the clap shack set up in the garage um, with uh, sort of fake ice. And, I, um, I, just bought, I just bought that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we're lucky in South Portland have a great trail system called the Greenbelt that's all paved. So um, rollerblading there and uh, kettlebell swings, many, many kettlebell swings. That's actually, I just got done with that when, uh, when I said I'll be ready at 2. That's what I was doing in the driveway. Yeah. And I'm uh, just trying to stay, um, I mean, you know, keeping physically fit, I think, and, and just active is a huge part of this. Um, for those of us with families, I mean, everyone has a family, but I mean, like kids. Yeah. You know, it's uh, taking advantage of this, this, you know, a lot of time with them, catching up on reading and just taking, I, I've taken care of so many small tasks with both companies that when things were 
it's like a great time to self audit. You know, what right. was I spending my time on? What was I ignoring that I should have been paying attention on? What was sucking my time that I shouldn't be dealing with? Um, so I've been trying to audit and take advantage of this time as best as possible, you know, because there's nothing, you know, that we're supposed to be doing right now other than that. Right. So, um, then just staying at home is what I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a really crazy unprecedented thing and we're all experiencing it in real time. No one, our parents age was like, I remember my first quarantine. Yeah. You know, this is a totally new grounds. So Pete, I want to thank you for taking the time today as always. And this is, uh, this is not how I'd hoped it. We would be uh, hanging out next, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a beer together soon sometime here. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the interest as always. Um, Thank you so much. And I hope you're hanging in there and uh, hope to, to actually click a glass together um, in form of salutation with you soon. Sounds good. You take care. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Andy. Joining me again on the line is co-founder of Beer Edge and our editor, John Hall. How are you doing today, John? Hi, Andy. I'm good. So we it's another week in the world of quarantine. We're not visiting bars. We're not visiting breweries or restaurants. We're barely getting outside. Uh, how are you and yours holding up? I, I think we're starting to miss bars and restaurants of going and sitting in places. Uh, you know, we're obviously doing our best to try to help out uh, our local restaurants with uh, to-go orders. And uh, I'm, I'm here in Jersey where a lot of breweries are doing beer deliveries uh, right to your doorstep. And that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing that I don't think will last uh, once all of these restrictions are lifted. So it's fun to sort of take advantage of that right now. But, yeah, I think everybody, depending on where you are, but here in the Northeast especially, people are sort of settling into how this is normal, but also starting to grow a little bit restless and, you know, starting to wonder about opening up and, and, and the plans for that. Yeah. I think that I, I'm certainly feeling what you're talking about as well. I think, you know, for those of us in sort of larger metropolitan areas, especially on the coasts, especially on the East coast, we've been dealing with this now for the better part of two months. And, you know, I think our initial runs of beer that we, you know, bought through Drizzly or whatever your local app is, or maybe by going to the store early on, are starting to wane a little bit. So now, indeed, you're, I've, I've sort of gone from purchasing those staple brands and kind of having gone through them uh, to now, you know, back out supporting supporting the local breweries. I, you know, went over and bought some beer from a local place called Idle Hands last week. They have a delightful Maybach. And it just kind of reminded me, you know, of what it was like, you know, pre-COVID where we could go out to places and, and kind of experience not just, you know, the, you know, the, the beers you can get in 12 packs or 18 packs, but, you know, the, those one-offs, those seasonals, those special things that make craft beer, you know, really what it is. Yeah. And, and I'm really curious to see how everything that's happening right now impacts the seasonal market. You know, uh, summer is obviously a big, big time uh, for uh, seasonal beers. And I've gotten, I think, maybe one or two press releases from breweries announcing what they're doing for their summer seasonal. By this point in in the schedule, I've received dozens in years past. And so uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if the seasonals and some of the one-offs are going to be on hold for, for some time uh, while people stick to the flagships that are selling well for them uh, or just try to reassess where, where they're going to be going in the future. 
Yeah, and I think the ones that we're seeing are the ones that were clearly in the tanks for some times. The box, the Doppelbox, those early spring beers that are that are so much fun. And we're seeing you know breweries here in in Boston continue on with those. But I've talked to some folks around the country in the last week or two, and obviously seen online what folks are planning on doing. And it looks like people are getting their feet under them or, or starting to understand that we're going to be in this for a while. So they are starting to contemplate what they're going to brew and and changing that. And as we just heard in the interview I did with with Pete Bissell, you know, they've moved away from you know certain brands and are are actually starting to brew some of the some of the more rare beers that they maybe only released you know once or twice a year. They're now you know kind of as he put it, playing the hits. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that's really smart as well. If you know if if you if you're a brewer and you mine through your social media comments of people saying, "Hey, when are you going to bring back X? When are you going to you know make this again?" or or whatever, it might be time to be revisiting that because if there's demand for it and people are willing to open up their wallets, which is actually going to get harder to do, I think, as we see the unemployment numbers spike. Uh, yeah, give the people what they want. That's, that's that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and we're starting to see a second round of uh, PPP money coming out, and you know we're starting to see that that may also not be enough for a lot of these brewers, um, and they're sort of trying to figure out you know what the next steps are. So I think that. You know the ones who are doing well have have or are doing reasonably well. You know, all things considered, have kind of got their feet under them. They understand what what things are going to be like. Um, but I think there are also a lot of others. You know, we haven't seen a ton of very vocal closures, but we are seeing. You know, we are starting to see some some more quiet ones. And you know, that whole shakeout that we've heard so much about of you know we're going to lose a third or half the breweries in the United States. You know, if this continues for X more weeks. You know, we're kind of into X more weeks now, and we have not seen that happen. Do you think it's something that we're going to see, you know, assuming that this PPP money does not, you know, really sustain people for that long, even if even if they were lucky enough to get it? When do you think we're going to start to see some of these closures hit? I, I think we'll start to see. Well, first of all, let me just address the PPP, because I've seen a couple of breweries uh, and some beer bars announced that they've gotten it in the last uh, in the last week or so. Um, it's not as many as you would hope out of the 8,000 or so that exist uh, brewery-wise in the country right now. Um, but the few that have gotten it uh, seem to be pretty excited to bring people back. Um, but for right now, that helps them through about June, most people say. Uh, there's a, a note that I got from the owners at Monk's Kettle in San Francisco, which is a great beer bar, uh, that they're going to be able to bring back 15 people through the PPP. Uh, but that's only going to last through mid-June. And that's, and that's really when I think that it's going to start to impact people is by the time we get past Memorial Day and into the real summer months, uh, depending on what is happening with the virus and what's happening with the restrictions and the closures. Um, I really think that that's when, and that, because that's what people are telling me, like that's going to be the real, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? That's going to be the real test uh, is, is, what are we like at that point and how much longer can people continue? Because right now there is that good feeling, right? There are people who are still going out and getting takeout and still going and, and getting beer deliveries. Um, but as the economics start to hit people more and more, and certainly by the time the summer rolls around, uh, there might be fewer and fewer dollars going around. So that's, uh, I think that's going to be when we start to see the true impacts of this. 
Yeah, the summer months are going to be the hard ones because obviously those are the big sales months for for brewers, and that's where they make a bunch of their money right now. In spring, things you know coming out of winter, things tend to be quiet. But it's also you know starting to dawn on me, at least you know at least in my in my sort of emotional and psychological state, just starting to come to grips with what we are going to lose. Um, it's one thing to think about like going out to a bar once or twice a week. Uh, you know, or so if you're, if you're lucky, um, yeah, so yeah. I was going to say, we're both uh, parents of young kids. Yeah. If so, you're getting out twice a week, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, no, I was, I was lucky to, to <laughs> get it, to get it done once or to once, once a week was nice. It was nice to get out of the house, but now starting to think of, you know, especially in our circumstances, the things that, you know, some of our summer plans were visiting the local, you know, the local beer gardens in town that are open on the weekends or are going out to you know, night shift and aeronaut run these, you know, run a variety, you know, in years past used to run some beer gardens around Boston. And it'd be nice. You could take your kids there, take your dog there, um, you know, get, to, you know, get to know people in the town, people, you know, people around you. And it was always kind of a nice, nice outing. Now it's becoming pretty clear that, you know, that we've got a lost summer essentially. Yeah. I, and I think that that's something that we're all going to have to reckon with, you know, both on the personal side and on the business side. And, uh, I, I, I think the, the other byproduct of that is that we're just going to start to see a lot of frustrations that come out as well of, you know, people who are used to doing uh, fun things uh, are going to have a, a, an augmented year. And that's going to cause a lot of frustrations. I think it's going to cause a lot of problems. It's going to cause a lot of, you know, people are always going to be looking for, you know, folks to blame uh, in these situations. And I think that, you know, as, as a lot of the business owners that are out there in, in, in the beer space, uh, you know, if one person does it, but then they choose not to, the customers might come after them and, you know, take out their frustration. So I think we're going to see a lot of raw emotions uh, yeah. as well. And uh, it's something to keep in mind of some things are just out of our control. I've been reminding myself of that uh, quite a bit these these last few days. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And just watching some of these brewers start to reckon with the fact that they're going to have that lost summer and that lost you know run of income is got to be pretty rough for them. Especially you know then maybe they're able to open up in the fall or you know right as winter goes. And those are those are slow months. But what else are you seeing out there? You know, I, I, I'm seeing as sort of like as the emotion goes, we've seen some brewers and brewery owners and, and, and people in the beer space take their filters off um, as much as this shouldn't be a political issue uh, of COVID-19 because it's a virus. Uh, it has become a political issue, especially here in the United States. And there's a lot of folks who, as we especially head into an election year, uh, are breaking some of the cardinal rules of the three things you shouldn't talk about at the bar or uh, sex, politics, and religion. Right. Um, well, politics is on the table, and I think that people who feel passionate about one side of the aisle or the other um, have really sort of taken their filters and their mufflers off and are openly uh, showing their political affiliations now and fighting back against misinformation, which I support it, fighting against misinformation. Um, but when you start bringing some of the politics into it, I'm curious as to how some of these personal feelings that people have, uh, what sort of long-term ramifications those may have on a business, um, especially when everybody is so heightened right now. But there's been some pretty uh, notable examples of people wading into uh, the political space. Uh, probably the, the most prominent is Deb Carey at New Glarus, right. who has been taking on some of the uh, – uh, the protesters in her state of Wisconsin and uh, has been getting some some press and some notoriety because of it. And there's been other smaller examples as well. And I think it's 
born out of the frustrations of the time that we're in right now and the impacts that everybody are, are, is facing. But uh, uh, as always with social media or getting out there, um, separating yourself from the brand that you represent is harder than it ever was these days. And sometimes it's just good to take a deep breath before you hit send on something and uh, uh, make sure it is exactly what you want to say and who you want to say it to. Yeah. Nerves are clearly starting to fray and, you know, you know, breweries and, and brewery owners and employees are starting to, you know, really you know, just sort of trying to figure out, you know, what they're doing day to day with all those, all the stress that goes in with protecting themselves and their families and, and their employees. Uh, so it's, it's no wonder that, you know, eventually with everything going on that, you know, some of this is going to boil over, but I think it's, it's good advice to try to take a beat on it. But on the other hand, you know, it's also maybe not the worst advice in this time to, to know who you are and to sort of stand up for it. So we'll see what happens, uh, moving forward with all this. Cause I think it's only going to get, you know, you know, the, the situation is only going to get more raw for people, you know, as we continue into several more months of this, let alone a fall that looks like maybe 25% of your business is allowed to be open and maybe you, you know, maybe parts of this come back in the, in the late fall or into the early winter requiring, you know, some reassessment of whether or not these places can stay open. So it looks like we're going to be in it. We're going to be in it for a while. Agreed. Okay, buddy. Good to talk to you and uh, we'll catch up next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the beer edge podcast. This show is produced by Beer Edge and co-hosted by myself and John Hall. We're available on Twitter, Instagram, and others at The Beer Edge. And check out our new updated website for more great beer content, beeredge.com. And if you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Beerscribe or via email at andy at beeredge.com. We appreciate any reviews you can give on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Beer Edge podcast. Until then, stay safe and healthy.